Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Solutions Project, the podcast where we get to know health industry innovators who are working to improve cost, quality, and health outcomes, and enhance patient and clinician satisfaction. I'm Don Siemens, and today I'm excited to talk with a man who is an evangelist for the power of data and technology to make healthcare better, Sanket Shah. Sanket, welcome to the Healthcare Solutions Project. Don, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. Sanket Shah is a speaker and a published author and has worked with executives, scientists, economists, journalists, academics, and public intellectuals on the subject of data and analytics in healthcare. He is a clinical health informatics professor at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and senior director of strategy and growth at Blue Health Intelligence, which is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. So Sanket, I called you an evangelist because you're out there spreading the gospel of data and analytics. You've been quoted in the Washington Post, the International Business Times, Becker's Hospital Review, Healthcare Informatics, and a host of other publications. You've also testified before the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, so you've you've been around quite a bit. We'll get into what you yeah. testified to there in a moment, but first, I want to ask you about how healthcare became your career. What's your story? Yeah, I started my career, uh, you know, quite frankly, in, in consulting. Um, traditionally, you know, your your typical kind of big four firm like consulting houses. Uh, so that gave me an opportunity to really work in uh, various industries, you know, client by client, project by project, and um, did that for about a few years. And uh, ultimately, decided to go to a more of a smaller boutique uh, consulting house that really focused on analytics. And um, data warehousing concepts, and at the time, it was really all about business intelligence (BI) and really immersing myself in and using data uh, to make uh, to help our clients make informed decisions. Um, long story short, there was you know right around 2008 or so, we we ended up um, uh, facing a, a pretty uh, a large wall, if you will, when it came to um, acquiring new clients and. Uh, and the market had crashed during the time, so you know our our our, our uh, uh, consulting house, uh, you know, kind of folded up at the time. So mm-hmm. um, I did have some exposure, you know, luckily during that time um, within the healthcare industry, and had some contacts there, and um, ultimately moved over to the healthcare side of things um, uh, because uh, there was just a lot of opportunity there. So let's talk about uh, the opportunity that you saw in healthcare. Healthcare has been said across the board to be lagging behind other industries. Data and analytics is much more embedded in industries like finance and like retail. You've been in healthcare for more than a decade and you've watched healthcare catch up. How would you characterize the progress of the health industry over that time period? Sure, sure. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, healthcare really attracted me in terms of that this is where I think my home should be, you know, as it relates to my career. You're absolutely right. You know, about 10, 15 years ago, uh, other industries, I was working, you know, in consulting for, for the auto industry, airline, manufacturing, you name it. I mean, they were very um, advanced when it comes when it came to analytics. I mean, they were deploying some of the best tools and solutions out there, leveraging data, you know, in real time and um, um, different API technologies, you know, although they were in their infancy during the time, uh, but really integrating kind of that that holistic or enterprise-wide analytic um, approach. And um, healthcare was a little bit more uh, slower in that approach and that journey. Actually, I, I remember 
funny story. I was working for a particular large health system, and we were sending files back. I mean, we're talking about 10 years ago here uh, on CD-ROM. So, you know, we were legitimately uh, taking data files and burning them onto the old, you know, CDRW and Mm -hmm. then shipping them off. um, And they wouldn't get the information until, you know, a couple of days later. And then you have this kind of back and forth, um, you know, exchange. And if you think about that, about all the kind of the intensity in terms of just labor and lag of timing in terms of the information, uh, healthcare was ripe. I mean, they needed to catch up, especially when it came to understanding and um, not only just population health, but also the costs associated with the system, right? Mm. And if you're just talking about this one example of sending data back, you know, through snail mail, I mean, think about all the various different improvements that could have been done. And, and that's really what got me going within the industry um, and, and starting to use this information to, to do two things, quite frankly. One was uh, imp- try to leverage the data to improve quality of care for for the population, um, the patients, the members, however you want to define that, uh, improve the system, and then uh, lower the costs. Lower those costs using um, data and analytics to help drive those decision points. Well, I got to say that CD-ROM is a heck of a lot better than paper. So at least you weren't <laughs> you weren't printing and faxing. I may, I may have sent an like an MP3 CD by accident. You know, I, I can't remember <laughs> this time, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, some of the, uh, you know, we were just we were. I remember some of the, my consulting colleagues were just, you know, wondering like, how is this even a possibility? How is this business even functioning? You know, as it relates to just uh, getting information across. I mean, you're talking about and a, and a part of that, and we'll talk about this I'm sure a little later, is just the sensitivity mm-hmm. of the data. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so secure, it was so sensitive that, you know, sending it through an electronic medium um, was was relatively new, you know, and relatively Mm -hmm. um, um, concerning for many of the uh, stakeholders, especially kind of at the the higher levels, you know, in the C-suites. So the fact that we're away from CD-ROM and that we're more in the electronic transfer of data, that gets us more out of the Stone Age and into the 21st century. Where do you think healthcare is still lagging behind? You know, it's it's a great question. I mean, there's still a lot of opportunity. You know, that there's still um, a catch up that's happening. Um, one of the things that I see, you know, uh, from from many organizations and from from the students that I talk to that represent various different organizations in the health system is that, you know, there's still a need and there's still a drive to really capture and take advantage of all of the data that's available, you know, and some of the challenges that, you know, that they're facing, and I see that quite frankly, is integrating interoperability, integrating all that information, getting some meaningful insights out of that, and then ultimately conducting, um, you know, what, we, what I consider those next generation of analytics, right? So you've mm-hmm. got information, you understand, you know, kind of what's happening and why it's happening, but what's really lacking right now, and, and, and we're making strides, obviously, towards, uh, you know, in the right direction, but predicting what's going to happen, but then ultimately, you know, giving the recommendation or giving the, the insight on, on what to do about it. So, you know, the, the, you always hear the so what. Well, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the different industries have the answer to the so what, you know, social media, marketing, um, you know, manufacturing, finance industries, they have that answer. Uh, healthcare is getting there. Sanket, I watched your testimony before the Senate committee, and you made a strong case for sharing data and applying analytics to help address the opioid epidemic. That's what the, the committee was talking about at the time, was addressing that problem. And it's it's still a problem that needs to be addressed. Can you just summarize the argument you were making there before that committee? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's somewhat of a theme, you know, uh, two years later even. I mean, it, it's about sharing the information, right? So, you know, we work uh, – many, many, the system is a little bit fragmented when it comes to data sharing, right? You've got various different players, whether you're on the EMR side of things, whether you're on the payer side of things or the, the actual providers of care. All of these troves of data are isolated, right? They're, they're – they're siloed, and that's that was the theme of the discussion in, the, in my testimony. Is that you know, for us to really understand truly and holistically what is happening for the patient population, we need these pieces of the puzzle that we're missing. And to bring it all together, right? To to actually share this information, you're talking about more opportunity to unearth, um, you know, actionable insights. And what that really means is uh, getting all this information that is, that is kind of floating around or that's just being held hostage, if you will, and putting it all together so that you can actually engage with a, in an individual and a community, quite frankly, to to get them uh, to, to, you know, to move forward and, and to progress and to improve uh, and, and, you know, and it was really the opioid crisis to, to help combat that crisis. As you mentioned, it's been almost two years since you testified. What kind of progress have we seen in using data and analytics to address the opioid crisis? Yeah, I mean, we've made, uh, uh, since that time, a tremendous amount of um, uh, progression, uh, especially from the federal government perspective uh, and side of things. I mean, they're introducing new kind of legislation to, to help open up some of the sharing of that data. I talked a little bit about the uh, prescription drug monitoring databases that are out there, you know, getting more access to that, more real-time um, looks, uh, perhaps even uh, leveraging some of this data in a de-identified fashion so that, um, you know, uh, some of the research communities that are out there can access it and start to honor some of the, you know, patterns and some of the uh, uh, predictive um, uh, indices, you know, that are, or, or indicators, I should say, of who may be on that, you know, downward trajectory. So there's been some tremendous uh, movement, you know, albeit it's, it's you know, a one step at a time, not as fast as I would like to certainly see it, you know, two years later, uh, but we're headed in the right direction. And you're seeing some of that with a lot of these point solution vendors that are out there, right? So what, what's happening is you're seeing some innovative technologies um, and innovative companies that are coming out to the marketplace um, and, you know, and I don't know the exact name of this company, but I saw something really cool where uh, they're working with local governments and uh, local uh, municipalities and they have, uh, you know, this pouch that you put in your unused prescriptions and you seal it up and it's completely unopened and you can't, it disintegrates and there's some, all this kind of wow. great stuff that's happening. But, you know, you're seeing a lot of that, um, that movement and data is really helping to drive that. And then you've got these incubators and innovators that are coming out with new technologies um, um, that really is um, uh, helping to curb this um, epidemic. During that testimony, Senator Young of Indiana was very interested in what you had to say, especially in what you thought the federal government's role should be in breaking down those data silos that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. What do you think mm -hmm. should be done at the federal level to make healthcare data more accessible? Yeah, you know, it's um, it was a great conversation with Senator Young. He actually did um, have me come by back to Washington a few months later, um, and we met in the, in the chambers and talked a little bit about, you know, the op opioid epidemic and, and, and the role of technology and data. 
And he was sincerely interested in how can we really, um, from, a, from a federal perspective, move the needle. And we shared some ideas about, you know, the ability to uh, fund a database that would um, be open for um, access, uh, certainly secured and, um, you know, certainly um, uh, mindful of, of privacy, et cetera. Uh, but those were the discussions that we were having in terms of, you know, can we kind of have the federal government really lead the charge and bring in the, the private actors uh, to help um, uh, operationalize some sort of uh, asset that can be leveraged for, for um, analytic purposes and predicting, um, you know, the next wave of potential misuse, abuse disorders uh, for opioid um, uh, for opiates and other prescription drugs. So, you know, those are the ideas we were kicking around. And um, I know there's obviously, you've seen it in the news, the talk about a potential all-payer database and getting that out in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm hoping that some of that, um, you know, was stemmed from a little bit of my conversations and, and from others as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Tell me more about this all-payer database. What's the, the impetus behind it? And are we talking about pulling in all sorts of data from all the different players into one central location, or are we talking about making their data more accessible within their silos? You know, yeah, there's a lot of approaches, there's a lot of theories on how to combine this information and make it accessible. The concept here, really, quite frankly, is can we have a centralized data repository that's de-identified, secured, where various um, uh, stakeholders are contributing um, and uh, patients are contributing the information to this particular uh, asset, and uh, can we uh, make it available for um, um, analytic exercises, you know, and, and understanding the information and, and sharing between various communities. So that's the concept, you know, uh, behind this this large database or data repository, and, you know, execution of that is still to be determined, and, and, and really who's involved and how do we get folks to, to, you know, weigh in. And th- those are the kind of the ongoing discussions, um, you know, at the um, over on Capitol Hill, I'm sure. And, um, you know, determining how we can get this out to the marketplace and securely is one of their top priorities. Let's talk about the challenges that the healthcare system is facing today. What, in your opinion, should be on the mind of every healthcare leader? Yeah, we talked a little bit about this a little earlier, and that's um, you know that next generation of analytics. So um, mm-hmm. you know, you've heard, you've hear, you're hearing all these uh, buzzwords come out in the marketplace: AI, machine learning, mm-hmm. and blockchain. I mean, you, you know, there's always a new one that comes out every uh, you know every week or so. Uh, but but there's some there's some validity behind all of that, and and what what should be on the minds of of um, kind of the industry leaders is you know what do we do? How do we take the next step? and the evolution in, in the analytic journey. And it, it's going to revolve around um, investing into tools and technologies and, and talent and, and, and data science, uh, data scientists and analytic folks and bring them all together, clinicians, et cetera, um, and, and really um, understand what that next step is going to be. And what I'm, what I'm talking about specifically is predicting what's going to happen next and then ultimately um, providing the prescriptive analytic, you know, what should I do about it? And I know how do I execute? So, for example, you know, you have um, all of this information perhaps, and you want to identify, you know, the next um, high-cost claimant or the high, next high-cost member 
And uh, can we predict what that may be based on their various, um, uh, you know, the various data available, whether that be healthcare claims, EMR, clinical data? Can we leverage all that information, predict what may be the next event for that individual? And can we intervene early enough to help prevent that event or at least manage, you know, the outcome? So would this next generation of analytics not only predict what or who would have a or is in in line for a negative outcome, but it would also predict what intervention could be the best for that group of patients or for that specific patient? Yeah, that's just that's one uh, uh, use case that we're doing over at uh, Blue Health Intelligence, and exactly that's exactly it. You know, we're leveraging this um, large data repository that we have access to. We're mining all of the data, you know, through next generation tools, and we talked a bit about AI and and machine learning um, capabilities and algorithms that we built. That we're just going through these troves troves of information, understanding you know, through history, and you have to have a large data set, quite frankly, to, to accomplish something like this mm. and be accurate, which is the key, right? And you have to be accurate because the prediction is not that great if it's not accurate. Um, and um, so that's what we're doing. We're, we're going into this, um, um, you know, our CEO and our, our organization has been really heavily invested in in, in leveraging the data as, as best as we can to improve quality of care and lower costs. And and um, the, the, the nice thing about that is, you know, I feel like a kid in a candy store with all this information and all this data that we have access to, and we're deploying all of these great models and algorithms on top of it uh, to not only predict what's going to happen, as you had alluded to earlier, but ultimately, here's kind of the recommendations that, that need to be um, deployed out there, you know. And, and if you think about it in theory, how, how does that work? You know, you've got all these case managers and, and nurses that are, you know, they've got caseloads that are, you know, through the roof. Uh, every day they're busy. And, you know, how do we kind of make the best use of their time and move up um, those cases or those individuals that really need the intervention right away. And here's the, the pathway that we believe, you know, based on our data and our understanding is going to be the most successful outcome. And so then you have more of a targeted approach. And uh, that's what we're doing here at, um, at BHI. Let's get back to data sharing. One of the problems with sharing data is that there are so many stakeholders what do you think it will take to get all of these stakeholders to start sharing data? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's a question that is being um, uh, battled to this day. In fact, I just saw an article yesterday that was released uh, from CMS, uh, from Seema Verma, that was talking about, um, you know, who owns the patient record, right? Mm-hmm. Is it the providers? Is it, like you said, those stakeholders? Is it the individual that's getting the care? Is it the payer. I mean, there's, there's just so many various different uh, influences and forces at play, you know, and um, oh, that's one of the challenges, right? It's just, uh, and one of the blocks in terms of that sharing of data, you know, who, who is the rightful owner and ultimately who is um, going to be responsible uh, for the security and, um, you know, the, the, the upkeep of, of those records. So, um, there are various stakeholders, and what is it going to take? It's going to take um, a lot of conversation, a lot of um, uh, partnerships and collaboration. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a play there, as you already have heard from CMS, kind of getting involved. So it's it, it's uh, it's a wait and see. Um, it's very sensitive, certainly. You know, especially when you have all these various um, um, stakeholders, as we just described. So, um, but ultimately, I think everybody um, at the table has the same um, end goal, and the same end goal that I share, right? And that is. Um, uh, what what can we do to improve um, quality and well and the, and the whole the entire delivery of the healthcare system? It starts 
to date, in my opinion. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all trying to um, march towards the same kind of, um, you know, end goal. Yeah, I think if we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, I think that will definitely help. All too often, we have cross-purposes in healthcare. Payers have one end in mind and providers have another end and patients may have another end too. But if we can get us all at the table and get us all saying the same thing and, yeah. and singing the same hymn, then I think we'll be better off. It, 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 yeah, exactly. I mean, and then there's this other kind of veil that's, you know, over everything and that's security and privacy, right? So, you know, we're talking about sensitive data. We just talked about it a little earlier today about, you know, sending data from CD-ROMs. And the reason behind that is because the data is super, super sensitive and secured. I mean, you've got medical history, you've got mental health information. You know, we're talking about pretty serious um, data here. And um, there's privacy concerns. There is the, you know, how is that data being handled? Who's accessing it? You know, how are we securing it so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands? And so, you know, no one's taking this lightly. Uh, we certainly aren't, and I'm sure others aren't either. So that's the that's the other kind of, um, you know, uh, conversation that's going ongoing is, you know, how do we ensure that this information is, if it is shared and if it is and when it will be shared, you know, who are the right entities and how are we securing that transfer and how are we securing the uh, overall accessing of any, any, any of these records? Sanket, there's a lot of potential in healthcare for disruption, and there are a lot of organizations out there that are eyeing healthcare. Where do you think some of that innovation might come from? What's interesting, and as I kind of like watch from the sidelines, I mean, I'm just super intrigued and 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 very kind of an, an interested in understanding what's happening with you know these these tech giants, right? So you got Microsoft, you got um, you heard about obviously Facebook and, and uh, Google and Uber Health and just there's so many of these kind of large organizations. What's unique about them and what's intriguing about them is they just have deep, deep reserves and they have a lot of money for R&D and um, they're, they're, I'm sure they're very fine with failing and they failed quite a bit. And, but they have the resources to do that. So they ha- that's, that it's, just, it's just intriguing to see what they come out with and what they're going to be coming out with. And, and then you're starting to get into the next wave, you know, so beyond AI and all that, you know, now you're talking about applications. So uh, another area that I'm kind of interested in is like augmented reality and kind of getting it into the hands of, um, you know, the next wave of physicians and having them understand how to perform surgeries and train and all that. And yeah, it's going to be a pretty wild uh, here in the next 15 to 20 years, <laughs> you know, from the AI perspective of things, you know, we, we saw some early results, um, I believe, uh, Google was involved with some um, organizations in the UK, uh, and they've essentially used artificial intelligence for uh, detecting breast cancer, you know, through imaging. And early results right now are super positive. I mean, they're they're detecting more than humans uh, in terms of accuracy. Well, there's far less uh, false positives and negatives. So, you know, it's promising um, in terms of just that next wave of um, AI, next wave of machine learning. It's interesting because, you know, the topics are about like, oh, we're going to get replaced. You know, no one's going to replace anybody. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's just another tool in the toolbox and you got you to gotta leverage that, right? Oh, I absolutely agree. I think all the, we're going to all lose our jobs because the robot's going to be doing everything. I just don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, what we're doing is just being more efficient. I mean, there's still going to be a need. And then ultimately, there's going to be another era or another venue of just uh, where 
our expertise and our focus is going to be needed, right? So yeah, 100% agree with you. And I talked a little bit about you know, certainly the um, the uh, augmented reality. Uh, that that to me is very intriguing as well because some of the use cases that I already envision is uh, imagine just walking in to a uh, physician's office and you're about to you know conduct a um, a cosmetic surgery, say, for example, you know, the before and after, can we use augmented reality to kind of show you what this will look like? Maybe I can just walk you through the procedure and you can kind of see it, you know, and that's some uh, pretty interesting stuff. So, you know, a lot of that's been um, uh, broadcast and, and you've got a lot of disruptors kind of entering into that space. And, and uh, you know, I, I can see that becoming more of a common practice, you know, as, as uh, the technology continues to get refined. You know, Sanket, one of the best things about working in healthcare is that people believe they can make an impact. What's the impact you hope to make? Uh, I, you know, I, I continue to preach. You mentioned I was an evangelist. I continue. My <laughs> impact really is a couple of ways. It's, it's, it's to continue to uh, get on my soapbox and talk about the importance of data and analytics. I continue to do that at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Uh, where I, um, you know, teach uh, kind of the next wave of leaders about um, uh, health informatics and health IT. Um, you know, the other contribution that I'm making is I, I like to stay on top of things as it relates to, you know, new disruptors in the marketplace. I kind of have this pseudo-entrepreneurial uh, mindset and, you know, I'm always trying to solve problems, you know, whatever that may be. And how can I use my talents to partner up with the right people to solve, you know, some of the biggest problems that we're facing today in the industry? Um, and, 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 you know, th- there's a variety of ways of doing that uh, where I think I'm, uh, I play a key role is, um, you know, providing that, that context and that insight, you know, um, uh, from, from the foundational layer, which is really data. Well, Sanket, it's been a great conversation. I'm a believer in the power of data to address the challenges that we all face in healthcare in this country. And hopefully you've made a few more believers during your evangelization during this podcast. And if you want to connect with Sanket, you can find him on LinkedIn, on Twitter at HealthITProf. Hey, you can uh, become a student of his at the University of Illinois, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, classes, I think, start in fall. So I'm uh, looking forward to everybody enrolling. There we go. Okay. And to learn more about Blue Health Intelligence, go to bluehealthintelligence.com. 